0: great life depends on a great fit between in who we are and the environments in which we work and live. Madeleine Weiss Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? Today's episode, we're talking with Madeline Wise. She's a licensed individual clinical social worker with an MBA. She studied at Harvard. She's a certified life coach. She's an author, speaker, and trainer. She has many years of experience with working with high achievers to help them get into the right mindset so that they can achieve their dreams. Um, I had a, a ton of fun talking with Madeline, covering some of those topics. She brings a variety of individual stories where she's helped people of um, insane success uh, reach even higher and to get themselves out of a state of suffering and into a state of peace and happiness and energized. And so I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Thanks for joining me today. So um, why don't we start by giving us like, like a bit about your work history and you know, what got you going down this road? Okay, how much time do we have? We got, we got as much as you want. I'm just
1: kidding. Okay, so oh geez, I hardly know where to begin. Um, I started out of high school, believe it or not. In um, I went to the University of Pennsylvania's Graduate Hospital School of Medical Technology. Wow! And, yeah, and I worked in a clinical chemistry lab right out of there. I went on to work for the USDA Biological Control Lab and Drexel University's um, cardiac catheter research lab. So it was, you know, it was blood and urine and bugs and machines and dogs and all kinds of stuff like that. And probably we'll get into what my pull was, my why, you know, um, to the people. So I kept sort of over my hundred years practically on this planet. um, (laughs) It just kept morphing. So after that, I got a social work degree and I'm, classically trained to the harvard system in psychodynamic psychotherapy and i'm currently still licensed in dc and mass to do that
0: okay
1: mm-hmm. and along the way of doing that i somehow became the administrative director treasurer of a group mental health practice without knowing anything about business except that my mother was the bookkeeper from my father's business. And I used to see her running the numbers without a calculator, like she was speaking tongue at the kitchen table. She'd be like, kind of a thing like that. But somehow they made me this. So I went to business school. So I wouldn't suffer too bad a case of imposter syndrome. (laughs) And, And then over time, I became sort of enamored, fell in love with coaching, some of the aspects of coaching that I favored over um, what I thought was lacking in psychotherapy. So then I became a board-certified executive career and life coach. I took a course with Howard Gardner who's the um, multiple intelligences guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I asked him, I raised my hand, can you please tell us the difference between the mind and the brain? And I don't think he liked the question. So afterwards, after class, I went up to apologize. And he said, oh, that's okay. You just have epistemic hunger, which is like this have to learn kind of a thing. So I learned this, and I study Advaita Vedanta, pre-Hindu tradition. So I study philosophy and have been for 20 years and still do every week. And I'm a a very um, voracious reader of evolutionary psychology and brain science. So I I have this big bag of tricks that I bring to my clients and I've been told and agree that the art and science of what people like me do is knowing which tool to pull
0: out when. Right. So Right. Awesome. Yeah. That's interesting. I um I have a kind of the opposite career path actually i i was in business and obsessed with finance and things like that wow. at a very young age started investing when i was like in junior high kind of
1: Ooh, good for you That's
0: i would i would ask for stock for christmas and that was my kind of <laughs> that was That's my wonderful. mentality and then i was about to graduate with a finance degree in 08 when it all went down
1: uh-huh.
0: and uh so i switched to healthcare. so i um How? So I became a nurse and now I work in healthcare and, uh, I don't, I I don't do floor nursing anymore. And I, I now work with, with a company that we, we sort of help hospitals and physician groups manage a specific Medicare program. But, um, anyway, so I kind of, what do you do in that? So I actually manage a team of people across the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, And we, so each of those people manage the post-acute network for those hospitals in regards to this program, if that makes sense. It's one specific patient population. It's called the Bundle Payment for Care Improvement Advance Program. And so basically the the hospital or the physician group gets paid a one-time payment for... A patient diagnosis, but then that hospital is financially responsible for all Medicare billable services for 90 days after they leave the hospital. That's great. So it really is, it, the goal is to coordinate care much better than in the past across, you know, the hospital, the skilled nursing facility, the nurse, the home health providers, the, the community resources, et cetera. So really trying to get more value to the patient at a better cost. And, and so I kind of, I'm just, I'm just one in the, in the team there that manages those, but I, I manage all the Western States essentially. So. Well,
1: if I were interviewing you instead of you interviewing me, I would really love to hear um, how you find that, how you enjoy that, all of that kind of stuff. So if you want to tell me, that's great.
0: <laughs> well, I really enjoy it actually. Do you? And, uh, that's I great. think it's, I think it's, it, the two big reasons i should say are getting the individual patient better outcomes and you know fewer readmissions and less of the trouble of a bad healthcare you know uh journey i should say yeah and then and then the bigger level is that we have saved billions of dollars for medicare which is of course tax money so um so that's a a positive for all of us <laughs> so you're
1: making both a micro and a macro contribution right. that is filled with meaning and purpose. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's amazing. And so,
0: yeah. So I, I have that kind of business brain as I started with. And then I ended up in healthcare and I found a way to kind of do both. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a really great, great position.
1: And you have a podcast,
0: and then and then I have a podcast and a YouTube channel, and I I've kind of been I decided I'm a jack of all trades and an expert at none, you know I just <laughs> I I can't quit starting new things and I love them all and I just I just keep going, I've I've been a business owner and I've done you know done a variety of things, it's just.
1: You remind me of how I'm always teasing my clients. I'm calling them Leonardo because for some reason, the people who come to me for help um, are so multi-talented that they hardly know which way to turn. Yeah. It. At least you have found your way to, of course. So like, for example, one of them, recently sold a business for uh, close to $500 million. And now she's going to pivot and do something new that, or my Fulbright scholar who just completed his uh, stay wherever he was posted and now has all these opportunities on his plate. You know, so many people are suffering right now uh-huh. that the people who aren't suffering are suffering because they're not in the context of so many who are Does that make sense to you
0: gotcha yeah it does yeah Expl- before you go on in that will you explain like what you call like the suffering state
1: Yeah so the suffering state, is a state that the mind puts the, indiv- the individual's own mind puts the individual in the suffering state. So the Buddha, for example, said mm-hmm. there were two arrows. So the first arrow may be painful, the pandemic. Uh, people maybe lost their job. Uh, maybe lost a loved one. Uh, so these things happen and they are painful. He says the second arrow is what the mind makes of the painful event. And he says, and he says that is the suffering. So that You know, so pain happens, and with time, the pain will, I want to say, pass. The pain won't be as, it won't sting the way it did when it first happened over time. Um, And I have examples of that in my own life. But the suffering that we do, the suffering state, the thing we do to ourselves in our own mind can last. All day, all week, all month, all year, our whole life. right? And that we do to ourselves. And what's great about that is we can stop doing that. You know, we can't do anything about what happens out in the world to us like a pandemic. But there's a lot we can do. So there were um, two men I know who do exactly the same work, exact same work. And I'm on one of these Zoom calls with all the the heads, you know, Uh and both of them are there. And one of them is saying... I'm in a relationship business. I can't sit down with my people. And he's like hanging his head. And and I can't sit down with my people anymore. And it's just not working. My business is completely dried up. It's all falling off. I'm like, so, and he's sitting. I could see his unmade bed behind. I mean, it was really very sad image and story. The other one who does the same exact work said, I just had the best year I've ever had in my whole entire life.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, if what they do for work is the same, and one of them was completely overwhelmed and daunted by the challenge of pivoting to a new way of doing his business in the world. Right. And the other one just seized the day and ran with it. And one of them had the best year he ever had and the other just had the worst I don't know what else to say. (laughs) I rest my case. I rest my case.
0: How's that? Right. Between the two, did you, um, did you pull out like what, was it the fact that he got to stay home with his family that made him happy or that he just was so productive, not having to travel and all that stuff? Like what made one happy with the year, the other one?
1: Because one of them just found a way to connect anyway. Look at us. We're going to be best friends when this is over, right? Right. Bessie's. <laughs> you know, he just he, he did not let that defeat him. Mm-hmm. He just found another another way to connect with people. Right. So, whereas the other guy, here's the point, had an idea. When I first started studying philosophy there was this very elegant British tutor and she met with us as a group at this gorgeous compound in Niagara and all this kind of stuff. And she met with us individually. And when she sat me down, she glared at me and she said, you have many ideas. And I'm thinking, Oh, she thinks I'm smart. That's like so cool. She said, you have many ideas too many ideas. <laughs> so this guy had an idea that it wasn't going to work anymore. And so mm-hmm. it didn't. And the other guy is like, hell yeah, I'm just going to keep on keeping on. So right. he, he probably Zoomed with people, called them on the phone, was his chatty self, brought his good cheer, and, you know. Right. It, Interesting. A, so the the people who teach these um, programs on how to build your businesses, kind of, there are tons of those now, right? Mm-hmm. So they say it's 80% mindset. Your success is 80% mindset. Right. right? Um, and then they tell the truth at some point and they say, well, we only say 80-20 because everybody likes to hear 80-20. But it's really a hundred it's not really 80 it, mindset it's a hundred percent It's a hundred percent. you think that right?
0: I do I think that's that's a really interesting thing you know you, everyone throws out the 80 20 but it's your mindset your mindset's everything it's the, yeah. it's the whole it's the whole game right yes yes So we mentioned the whole self-awareness thing. Yeah. So now we've got these two guys that one's happy one's sad with the same situation. Um one's he, one's rich and one's poor also. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah. The ha- is the the, ha- the happy one's rich. The happy one had the best financial year of his life. Well, that's cuz he has money. Yeah, maybe I'm joking.
1: Maybe I didn't mention that. <laughs> when I said he had the best year of his life, I was talking about that money. he needed- he made the most money he's ever made. Interesting. The other one was making zero, nothing. Got it. His business dried up. Got it. Yeah.
0: I was thinking more, uh, I mean, I, thought, I figured money was involved, but I, I was thinking more on like the relationships. So I'm really I'm not, glad we clarified and, that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so uh, that does change the question, though. I was gonna I was gonna ask about like self awareness. How much of it has to do with the fact that they uh, one was able to key in on things that he enjoys, and the other one felt like it was all ripped from his his hands. How much of that is like a reflection of their own personal mindset, which is what you talk yeah. about. Their, Habit. Their habits, their routines, their like. It's a habitual
1: are. mindset. There's a woman named. Sonia Lubomirsky, I'm sure I just butchered her name, but I think (laughs) L-Y-B-O, something like that. And she wrote a book called The How of Happiness. And in the book, she has a pie chart. She's a research psychologist, I think. And she has a pie chart. And in this pie chart, she's got 50% of your happiness is a kind of nature-nurture set point, You know, people, they say, have like a set point or about their weight. They're up three, down three, whatever. But it's Mm -hmm. pretty much over the long term, unless you do something dramatic about it or something happens physically. It's pretty much. So she says that about your happy stat also. And then only 10%, only 10% is people, places, things, circumstances, policies, all that kind of stuff that's outside of us. And people spend enormous amounts of themselves trying to manipulate or impact or change or whatever the external environment, and then they'll be happy. Like, if only I could get that jerk to shut up. If only then I would be happy. If only I could get a raise. If only whatever, whatever. Right, But she says that's only 10%. The other 40% is, she didn't say it this way, but I'm going to. It's our way of doing business in the world. It's these habitual ways of responding and um, enacting our agency on the external environment. It's the coping mechanisms that we have for the challenges and demands before us. So, all of that, the 40% is in our control to impact, to up level. And that's 40% is a lot. Yeah. So, so for me, it's like so thrilling the idea that you don't have to change a thing outside of you, right? Which you can't anyway, because I always say to people, you know, you know how like you're trying to change something about yourself, maybe drink less or eat less or exercise more or whatever it is, and you know how hard that is, right? And you really want to. So what makes us think that we're going to change something about someone else who doesn't even want to?
0: Right. that's out of our control. I love that, you know, that you can't anyway. You can't change it anyway. You might as well look at yourself, figure it out, right? I read a book a while back that's called The Art of Possibility. That's nice. And uh, the first chapter is It's All Made Up. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So he's just like you know, it's all like you have a quote. You get to tell your own story, and so you might as well tell a good one, and then oh, totally, and then then live it right. Go make it happen, whatever it is that you. I have, I have like my favorite quotes here. Oh, nice.
1: So so here's (laughs) here's one. This is Daniel Kahneman, who wrote Thinking, Fast and Slow. So Mm. he's into the brain, and you want to pull a surprise winner. Uh, pull a surprise for that, I think. We all care intensely for the narrative of our own life, and very much want it to be a good story with a decent hero. Hmm. So, Michael Pollan. Do you, do you do you know who that is? He uh-huh. wrote he he wrote the Omnivore's Dilemma. That. That was the first one I read. Then he wrote How to Change Your Mind, which is actually kind of interesting. I went to a book signing of his on this. He talks about um how to cure serious mental illness through these journeys with psychedelic drugs. So it's mm. pretty controversial. Sure. And, he's, and he says they have coaches for that kind of thing now. But right. But the reason he pops up in our conversation is that he has a whole chapter on how and why the mind makes stories. And it's a wonderful, it's the best explanation on how we make stories. I want to be a decent hero in the the story that that I ever read. And it has something to do with How many gazillions of bits of information bombard the senses a second? And I forget the numbers, but, and what infinitesimally small percentage of those the senses can actually take in. So, what we have is like so, such a small bit of reality. Right. And then we want it to make sense. So we don't feel crazy. Right. So we try to make something coherent about it. And that's, as you say, and the art of the possibility says, is the story. And once people are convinced and realize that they made, like you said, that they made the whole thing up in the first place, make it up better. Like, what?
0: What the heck? Why not? Right. Tell your own story and then and then be the hero. <laughs> the other thing that's interesting about, about the story and
1: the hero that I don't hear talked about quite as much. And this is why I say that the ego is like a bunch of bumper cars. Oh, yeah. So you have a story and you're the hero. And I got a story and I'm the hero. Mm-hmm.
0: And well, you're also m- my hero, but oh, okay, go, go on. <laughs> so cute. And I'm trying to fit you
1: into my story, and you're trying to fit me into your story,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So I'm like producing and directing my own movie, and you're producing and directing your own movie, and you have a part for me today because you invited me to your podcast, mm-hmm. and I have a part in my story, my movie. Because I'm doing this with you. And the thing right. is, when people are in organizations, if they could just remember that everybody's running around with a story where they're the hero and just trying to fit you in, we could have even a sense of humor about these things. And I, my picture of it is bumper cars everybody's like colliding everybody's ego is colliding with everyone else's ego and it feels that way right but i i don't think people really grasp the underbelly of what's really going on here you know everybody comes in with a family history Some of it's not resolved, and they're trying to create a good story and fit people into it to help heal and all of that. And people are busy with their own story, right? So, so I just wanted to, I never want to leave that out of a conversation about story because I think that's
0: really story and the bumper cars of ego, yeah. Interesting, I love that you told me to remind you that, and then I forgot you, so I'm glad you brought it up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're so silly and we take ourselves so seriously. Right. Human beings are... You know, one lesson that, that I learned years ago that I, you know, had to shake myself was like, why didn't I learn this easier? but earlier? But is that like it all, it doesn't all matter. It doesn't all matter like it's life or death kind of scenarios, right? And like growing up, I thought like everything is really critical, all pieces are critical. (laughs) Yeah. And then I learned like, okay, we all just screw shit up and we, (laughs) we make mistakes. And, and then like tomorrow it's gone. It's like, it didn't matter. And then there's certain pieces that stick with us. Right. It's like, and, and, and so I want to get your feedback on this one is like those pieces that stick with us as like, I screwed it up and now I'm trying to move forward, but it's just, it's just like steering my, my boat here is that what you see in your business as like something that causes the suffering state with people? Do they, is it past traumas? Is it current problems? Like how does all this make sense with like where I came from, the things that don't matter versus the things that do matter in my mind, right? The traumas I experienced, the, um, you know, business mistakes I made and now I'm trying to be a leader and I, you know, I'm thinking about the past or whatever. Oh, How does that all tie into what your work is?
1: There's so many different ways to respond to that. The first, so many that, what a great question, but it's, but it's complicated. Big. No, it's just big because it's so all encompassing. The first thing that came to mind is, and this, these are like in the tips and tricks department, If you can imagine looking at this thing, like you're from Mars, like looking down Mm -hmm. on this little drama of yours, it brings a perspective to it, how much it matters. And you can do the same thing with if you picture it years from now and you look back on this. So Mm -hmm. you can immediately reframe your perspective you said something once that I heard that I wanted to take up with you. You said that, um, I'm going to not get this exactly right, but you can help me with it. It was something about that people can't do it as quickly as they want to. Oh, They can't change. They can't change very quickly. And I noticed I had a reaction when I, when I heard oh. that that I wanted to talk with you about because there are things that we can do. Right. Like the flick of a switch to get us out of our habitual modes of responding. Right. So when people have a habit of interpreting a certain kind of event, so they call that being triggered, Mm -hmm. well, you can get to know when you're triggered at the level of your body, like does your stomach tighten? Do you, do you start breathing differently? You know, really sort of getting to know that. I do this myself, actually, where I can identify a feeling and know that it's just a feeling. Right. And then if we say to ourselves, this is another little trick, if we eliminate anything about the past, especially past regrets like what happened before this very moment, and we delete anything about the future, any kind of worry or even, even just planning. I mean, I'm always planning. So, and just take out the past and take out the future and just, I don't want to be trite, but I'm going to be here now. Mm-hmm. If you can if you can get good at doing that everything is just fine. Right. <laughs> Interesting. And and from everything is just fine much better decisions can be made. Interesting you do not want to make decisions while you're ruminating about the past you don't want to make decisions while you're worrying about the future you want to have as much presence of the finest part of your mind the executive functioning mm-hmm. so i have this um uh, 30 second mindset reset which is otherwise known as polyvagal breathing Mm -hmm. And the instruction, which is a very simple one-sheet instruction, is on my website on the complementary exercises, and it's called Power Breathing, because I think it's so powerful, to be able – oh, well, we're video too, right? So I can show – okay,
0: so this is the – The YouTubers will see it, but the podcasters won't.
1: All right, I'll try to be verbally as graphic as Mm -hmm. I can. The hand model of the brain has the thumb as the emotional center. Mm -hmm. And when the thumb is going berserk, like flicking around all over the place because it's worried or agitated or remorseful or whatever, it's feeling that feels like a lot of feeling. It flicks the higher brain offline. Right. So all you have is this.
0: The lizard brain, some people say. So
1: this, this provides great data like car coming, get out of the way, kind of, you know. (laughs) This this tells you you're not too sure about what's going on or you're not too sure about what happened or you're not too sure about what's going to happen or whatever. But this tells you there's some concern. But you don't want this thing deciding what to do about it. So, with that breathing exercise it calms this there's a nerve that goes all the way up to your brain it calms this so that this comes back online the top part of your hand comes back online over the thumb so you have a nice calm firm fist and the agitated part of you can say i don't really like what's happening here and your higher brain can say Thank you for letting me know. I'll take care
0: of it. And then you're able to think about it calmly, intellectually, and make a rational decision.
1: Well, the second part of that is my favorite question, which is, is there something to be done here? Right. So once you've calmed yourself, and you don't want to even ask yourself what to do here until you have... Once you've calmed yourself, is there something to be done here? Sometimes the answer is no. In that case, maybe you want to take a few more breaths before you move on. Sometimes the answer is yes, but not by me. And in that case, maybe the next question has to do with who else needs to be a part of this. Sometimes the answer is yes, by me, but not today. Or not now. And so the follow-up would be something like, okay, when? And again, sometimes the answer is, is just, no. There's nothing to be done here. Sometimes because you already did it. And you can remind yourself that you already did whatever could be done. So the nuance, I think, is really helpful, in helping people parse out whether there's any action to take. Because if you don't have the higher brain online, you're just reacting all over the place and potentially making a huge mess of things.
0: Interesting. Yeah. You know. Right. So so is a lot of your work with your, you know, I've heard you talk about a lot of very high achievers. yes, yeah. uh, That find themselves in a suffering state. And is a lot of your work just like in this, like get in the moment, be present and then decide is that where you're working to or do you work kind of in the past? Are you helping them set goals? I know I want to talk to you about a five step thing that I found on your website. Okay,
1: so let me address the past and the future. We do use those. Mm -hmm. So I'll do the past first. What I tell them about the past, because it's not a good idea for people to wallow in the past. First of all, if they keep repeating and repeating and repeating in their brains, the trauma, whatever it was, they can strengthen it. Mm -hmm. So what I like to say is only so much as is necessary to get the job done. The job is not your past. The job is your present and your future. So often there is something in the past, like um, a man who was from a dysfunctional family and he kept finding himself in dysfunctional organizations because he had a savior kind of complex.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: And we opened up the possibility, what would it be like to work in, in a healthy organization, you'd have to find a different role to feel good about, wouldn't you? And of course, he's in technology, and that's what he really loves and finally, he could stop solving people problems and and offer technical solutions, which really makes him happy. Mm-hmm. So only as and knowing what kind of family he grew up in and how he was looked to to save them from themselves, really helped us. But we didn't stay there. We got him a new job, actually. Interesting. So as for the future, speaking of the new job, we dream. And this is part of that five-step strategy, dreaming about things you never knew were even possible that are much better alignment than the alignment that, You know, just healthier. So, the thesis of the book, Mm -hmm. and this is the first line, is a great life depends on a great fit between who we are and the environments in which we live and work.
0: Interesting. So, which is, it's just the self awareness thing that I was thinking. Right? It's like. That's the R. So
1: it's G R E A T. Take us through that. I was so thrilled when I saw that acronym. I just can't even tell you. <laughs> I said to myself.
0: So, first of all, this is the, the name of the book, right? It, is is, is uh, Getting
1: to Great, but it's G.R.E.A.T. Dot dot e dot dot dot, right. And I just love that whole gestalt. So, I asked myself within the last year or sometime, I said to myself, okay, self, because again, remember, I have this toolkit that has tricks and tips and techniques from everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, what exactly are you doing that's that's doing this good for people? And what I came up with, and they're all so different. They're different ages. They're different genders. They're different occupations. You name it, and they're different. And But they all had this process in common. And the G is for this grounding in the belief that it doesn't have to be like this, mm-hmm. that you do not have to suffer, that there are other possibilities out there, and you can find your way to them. Not everybody believes, like the uh, first two guys I told you about, one of them believed that and the other one didn't. Right. So we have to make sure that we have that on straight. The R is for recognizing who we are and what really, really matters to us. So you you can't get a great fit between who you are and the environment in which you live if you don't know who you are. Right. So that has to come
0: pretty... I like the way you say that. A great fit between who you are and the environment you live in. Right? Yeah. That's an interesting way of say, saying that. It's it, beautiful.
1: Yeah, thank you. And then the GRE is exploring all of these alternatives and some people say that's that's the really fun part because we just, we just dream. There's... Um, did you ever hear of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. They have these exercises where you look up to the right, apparently putting the eyes up to the right, um, fosters creativity and the left fosters memory. I didn't make that up and I hope I got that right. But I have people look up to the right and like a movie screen, since we're all writing our own movie, Mm-hmm. And there's a visioning technique where they picture themselves as their best version, their ideal state, their their ten plus day. Interesting. And so they explore things that never even seemed possible. and I say, we're just we're just dreaming here, we're just playing. So there's that, and then at some point, we can't just sit around and dream. There needs to be action. So G-R-E-A, that's the action. Um, As William James said, that action doesn't guarantee happiness, but there is no happiness without action. So we have action. Do you want to guess what T is or do you
0: want me to just tell you? Uh, Go ahead and throw it out there.
1: (laughs) T is for tackling The normal, natural, predictable, acceptable, expectable resistance to change. Gotcha. Did you ever read The Big Leap?
0: No, I didn't.
1: Oh, I think you'll really like that book.
0: I better get it.
1: I know a lot of people who read that book. I actually hadn't. It's quite a few years old, but i I met so many people who did that I thought I have to have a look
0: at I'll have to I'll have to add it I have a stack right here that you can't see because um, intentionally uh, <laughs> it's it's about it's getting higher than my head now of books to read. Well you have and, to make a
1: place for mine there but
0: and, uh, well book, I will absolutely put yours in that. the
1: book The Big Leap has an idea in it
0: which I love that there's an
1: upper limit. You know how we're talking about that there's a happy stat and an apostat. so there's one for food, there's one for happy. He talks about the upper limit problem, U-L-P or something, and his premise is that we can only take so much of things going well. There have been studies about CEOs where they're fine on the journey – And then they get there and they crash. Right. And I wonder now, having looked at this idea, I wonder now if that has something to do with some kind of upper limit problem. And he goes through all the symptoms of how you know that you're kind of like sabotaging a little bit because (laughs) it's too much like the gods are going to get you for it or something.
0: Right. Right. Or is it? Or is it that we um, enjoy overcoming resistance? Does that make sense? We enjoy overcoming well, some sort of resistance.
1: It's important that you're saying that, and I I will keep the eye out for that because people need to know that just because one has achieved success doesn't and by the way, I, I think I'm the poster child here. Somebody said to me the other day on one of these, she said, God, the really amazing thing is most people your age are retiring by now. And I said to her, yeah, but it's so much fun. I'm having so much fun. You know, so you can always, and the brain loves learning new things. The brain loves novelty and the more novelty you introduce to the brain the more it activates your motivational system and it mm-hmm. wants you to do more and i think that's how we stay healthy and happy and
0: I agree. that
1: kind of thing so i guess people need to know that just because they get there and even though they may feel a little down once they've reached that they can always create more challenge. Right. they are never-ending opportunities to
0: create more challenge. Yeah. Sometimes they make it on their own so they just sabotage it so then they can, no. (laughs) Right, right, right. So to
1: use your favorite words, self-awareness, all you need to do is make the unconscious conscious, and I think I heard you say that, I think you quoted Mm -hmm. Jung on that. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is make friends with the unconscious so that you're directing it instead of it directing you. So you can say to yourself, okay, if this works out or looks like it's going to work out, I would miss the journey so much that I might even sabotage it. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to create another journey. Mm. I can always create another journey. Right.
0: Which is that I love that, you know, making the unconscious conscious is, is so critical. And, um, I love that quote. Um, yeah. So I want to, so first of all, before we leave the book topic, because I know like we didn't properly introduce your book, you have that book coming out when March, the book is coming out in March It has 10 chapters in it and
1: a lot of them include the everyday kinds of things. So there's one on time and there's one on money and there's one on other people. I even have the whole chapter on play, but it starts out with the identity issues like who am I and who are we and how Mm -hmm. do we fit or misfit with the environment? It takes an evolutionary psychology perspective perspective, like, why we are the way we are and how it matters in everyday life. Every chapter starts out with a little story from my quirky life. <laughs> and then the middle, the middle portion, the bulk of the chapter, is research. There's lots and lots of science in it, so it's theory and research. And then at the end of every chapter, there's a case study from my caseload um, of my clients. They're all disguised, but yeah. And then after that, there's an exercise that relates to the topic of the chapter.
0: Okay, so awesome. And where where will that be uh, sold? Amazon. It'll um, be sold
1: Amazon, Barnes and Noble. My publisher just told me two days ago all the different places. I'm not really okay. in charge of that, and I trust him to do that well.
0: Gotcha. Okay, well, on, on a lot of the major platforms, so yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to. It. I I genuinely am, am waiting for that thing to come out, and I'm gonna I'll be I'll be in line
1: if people go to my website and grab a complimentary exercise. And if you don't feel like doing that, and you just want to join the email list, I have. Um, Blogs on this kind of stuff, posts every week. But also I'm going to be making the book announcements from there. So anyone will know when it's coming out and how to get it by just being in the tribe. So
0: Perfect. Yeah. Everyone go join the tribe. Yeah. So actually, I, I don't think I ever mentioned this to you. I, The whole reason I ended up here as a podcaster was um, – I actually started doing like book reviews on YouTube. No kidding. Uh, for two reasons. One was because I love reading like self-help books and business books and things like that. And, and uh, it was almost a way of like journaling some of the key findings that I liked, you know, the things that I enjoyed. So I just documented on YouTube. And then the other thing was I could see that we're going to a virtual world and I wanted to be comfortable in front of a camera and talking to a camera. You're amazing that, in
1: front of the camera.
0: That there's people my on God. the side. <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> Well, thank you for saying that. I I don't know. Maybe the I'm reason, more self-critical. but The
1: reason uh, that my mouth fell open when you said that about the book reviews, just yesterday I was searching the internet because somebody told me that there are people who do podcasts for book reviews.
0: Yeah, and you're one of them. What do you know? I've started, yeah, I've started including a few of those in in the podcast. So, like,
1: that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, so I I'm waiting for your book, and that'll be that'll very be one sweet. Of them. Did I
1: give you my um, website address? I don't know. No. Okay. So yeah, so it's uh, just my name, MadelineWeiss dot M A D E L a I N E. They used to call me Mad Elaine. I was a little feisty. I was a little feisty. MadelaineWeiss dot com.
0: Got it. Okay, so everyone can go there, join your tribe. We'll get the updates for your book, and then we'll and we'll all purchase can, when it comes out. And you
1: can get the power breathing exercise, which is my fave.
0: Okay perfect to help us stay in the moment. So just a few more things before we wrap this thing up. So I found on your website, you have these, these five little stages says, define where you want to go. Yeah. Design the strategic options to get you there. Yeah. Stay focused on what is important to you. Yeah. Find and fix whatever's in your way. Yeah. And then find warm humor, curiosity, courage, and solutions in your journey together. So A lot of times when we're talking about, you know, personal development or success or whatever, it's always about like seek clarity, get, you know, define what it is you want and then go to work kind of thing. It's just like it's it's not quite as clear. But here I love that you say design strategic options to get you there. Options, right? Sometimes people think it's just like I just got to grind this one path and that's it. And it's like this is the path between me and there and And that's what I got to do. But the reality is it's all made up, right? So we can just design our path. We can tell our story how we want it to go. There's multiple options to get there. Which one works for me? Yep. And which one do I want to take? Right. 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 So I love that piece. And then then stay focused on what's important and find and fix whatever's in your way.
1: That's it So that's the tackling
0: the resistance. That's that's the tackling. Yeah.
1: So that's the work that you do. When I stopped accepting third party medical insurance, Mm -hmm. that was the reason. Well, part of the reason other than it's a big pain in the butt to have to deal with all that, to be honest. But the other reason was I said to people, I said, I don't want to diagnose you. I don't want to label you sick. Because I don't think you are sick. I was trained by this brilliant man who used those words I used earlier today. It's about, It was about how you do your business in the world. And so to me, what we do is a life strategy. And we have some kind of habits about how we do our business in the world. And we want to like slow down that movie. You know how when you try to edit one of your YouTubes. So you get lots and lots and lots of frames. You slow the whole thing down and Mm -hmm. then you can take something out and put something else in, but it's all about designing. It's design theory. It's life strategy. It's not illness. Mm -hmm. You just need a better strategy. So that was my preference for a framework, which is what those bullets are about strategy.
0: Yeah. Awesome, and then um, another thing that I heard on a on, I heard you tell your story on a different show um, is your why. Oh, yeah. Like what, what drove you to hear? What, if you wouldn't mind telling your story again of like what you sort know, of motivates you?
1: I don't mind telling that story at all. I was I was interested myself in the back of my mind here today that we had as full of conversation as we had without it.
0: Yeah. Well, I intended to have it at the first, and then we ended up going down another road, and I didn't want the listeners to go away without hearing it.
1: Okay. So I think I think I already mentioned that I was kind of feisty. Mm-hmm. Right? So my father... Died suddenly of a stroke when I was 15. I was grounded for most of my childhood for being what they used to call fresh. I don't know if people still use that word or not, but I was fresh. I talked back, I spoke truth to power, That's what okay. I did, is what I did. So, so I was grounded at the moment that he died I was still grounded and I always thought for years into actually my adulthood really that he died of me until one day when I broke down with my mother at the cemetery about how all my fault it was and in her shining moment as a mom she said no honey it wasn't you it was work. So for me, if I save one little boy or girl's mommy or daddy or anybody at all, for that matter, um, I'm doing good. The man that I told you about who was taking his family issue to work, mm-hmm. as it happens, he actually had a stroke Two years ago, I didn't I didn't know him then, Um, but he told me about a week or two ago that his doctors said that his blood pressure is so good. They're taking him off of all of his medication, and that's because he's in alignment. That's healthy for him, right? So that's
0: awesome. Yeah, that, How a rewarding. That's a,
1: that's, that's so a, such a rewarding. Story.
0: Yeah, that's such
1: Usually a the kind of work that I do, it's so subjective. But that was two things, so close to my own story
0: mm-hmm. because
1: of the stroke, but so object it's such an objective measure of how much better we are.
0: Mind right. body
1: and soul when we're in alignment.
0: Right. Mm. So in healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, that's story, maybe that rang, rang true for me because of you know where I work, but also um when we look at like depression and suicide rates and things, the top five are always contain some sort of high level medical professionals, physicians and dentists and things. What like about lawyers? Lawyers are up there too.
1: Yeah, they sure are. I actually so, was on a podcast this morning for lawyers and the statistics for them and their mental health are terrible.
0: Yeah. Um, so like, who is like, I mean, I guess it's kind of a, a weird segue, but like, who is your ideal client? Who are you seeking to work with?
1: I actually recently was working with an MD Okay. who was miserable. <laughs> and i just i just love how people sort it out in their own way he didn't he didn't leave his job well he didn't leave his profession what he decided was he wanted to practice medicine somewhere else i think he just needed to crawl out of the dark hole that he felt like he was in He picked up his family and moved to New Zealand to practice his craft there. Wow. So people, when I meet them, they're in these, again, these like deep, dark holes. Mm -hmm. But they all get out and they get out in their own ways. And some of them stay in their profession, but move to the other side of the country I have, have a woman who did that. Some of them – actually, I have people who switched from – what did she switch from? She switched from defense to finance, hmm. and she's really having fun with it in California at a startup. Nice. Yeah, so people do all kinds of different things, and it's very – to use that big word – idiosyncratic. It's very, very individual. There's there's no cookie cutter thing for what people should do. Sometimes it's right to leave. Sometimes it's right to tweak it. I have a lawyer who exhausted as she was. She got all her energy back when she added a side hustle to her work as a lawyer. So she's <laughs> doing this side hustle with her son and her husband and she was with me for three months and left with a great big smile, and said she feels like she never has to worry about going into that hole again because she's got the tools now.
0: She knows. Interesting. How amazing. Yeah. So what? What's the cadence of your like interaction with a client? What do you mean by cadence? So like, know? say I. So yeah, like um, if you and I, you know, if I'm your client, do like we jump many? on a? we jump on a call weekly? or Okay,
1: yeah, then. okay. So I like for people to start off with a 12-session stint once a week. There have been times where people wanted more than once a week mm-hmm. um, to start, and I've been willing to do that, but typically it falls into the once-a-week pattern. Um, and the length of stay – Use your medical jargon. Um, varies varies a lot. So okay. there's there's one CEO who sort of practically put me on his team, I guess, because I've been with him for years and um, watched him traverse from one business experience to another. Um, and then there's that woman who completely transformed. The look on her face <laughs> and her whole life in three months.
0: Okay, so it's a variety of. I do right. It. it all varies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, any last words that you want to give our listeners before you? Yeah, before actually, um,
1: I was writing an article for Authority Magazine, and. They asked a question that I thought was so amazing. And the question was, if you could start a movement, what would it be? And Mm -hmm. I actually came up with an answer, and I want to share it with your audience. Let's hear it. I don't think we touched on this, and we should. Okay. The movement would be good company. So good company is... Something I learned from the philosophy experience, It's more than it sounds like. So good company includes the books we read, the wine we drink, the food we eat, the music we listen to, um, the this is important. the thoughts in our head. they should be good company and the people. We welcome into our lives, all of them, the finest, highest quality we can find, arrange, and afford. And I think if everybody did that, there would be much less toxicity. And you mentioned something about leadership. Mm-hmm. For people to do that. So, like, I think of myself as an instrument for my family, friends, and clients' use. And I feel obligated to keep the instrument as fine-tuned as possible. And the way to keep it as fine-tuned as possible for all of everybody out there is good company.
0: So I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Surround your life with good company, and whether that's the, people or activities, best the best,
1: the best you can find.
0: And then you have all this uh,
1: as close to pure energy as we can get to bring to the world.
0: And then be present. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's that's awesome. Well, this has been enormously fun. And you're an inspiration to me, honestly. I love that you've had a, a an exceptional career in, in a lot of different things. And now you're bringing that Everything. to us. Yeah. You're bringing it all to us and to your clients and things like that. So I appreciate you being on here. Um, I know you mentioned your website. Is there anywhere else that, that our listeners could find you online? Yeah, everywhere else. So if you go to the website, all the links for Facebook
1: and I think I'm in the process of thinking about creating um, more of a presence on Facebook, but I have Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter and stuff Not like all. that, but, all. and they're all like right on the top. Okay. I want to tell you how much I admire you and thank you for bringing me into play a part in your story.
0: Absolutely. It's my <laughs> pleasure. Thank me you. Too. Me thank too. you for me coming too. on. Thank you all for listening. I had a ton of fun talking with Madeline Wise about uh, how to get in the proper mindset for higher success, to how to get out of the suffering state, and uh, how to achieve greater goals. Please go join Madeline's uh, email list at her website, madelinewise.com, and uh, all of her social medias are linked up on the website as well. So um, she has a book coming out in March, getting to great. Can't wait to get that. And I encourage you all to join her email list. And so you can also be alerted when that book comes out. I'll put her link in the show notes so you can use that link. Also, you can go to bronsonwilkes.com to find those links um, to Madeline as well as other resources. And last but not least if you're interested in starting your own podcast, I recommend using Buzzsprout where you can start your podcast for free for as long as you want. And uh, as your podcast grows, of course, you can upgrade your um, plan to accommodate the needs that you have. So as always, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilks.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.